Now we're live. Yeah, we're live. Yeah, we are. Sweat Equity Podcast. We're going to do it live on Facebook, our Facebook page, to kind of incentivize people to kind of go over there, watch when we're going live. You get that little tweet, tweet. You get that little notification that we're going live. And, uh, and it's very exciting. Very exciting. I'm just popping out right there. You popped out. That's, popping. that's Eric popping out. Farts. I'll work you down Sorry. a little bit. We got, sound like shit. we got editor-in-chief of Creative Loafing, Tampa, Scott Harrell. Let him hear you. Hey, hey, here I am. And uh, we got friend of the program. Director extraordinaire. Directing this episode. El Presidente. That would be me. President of 208 Monkeys, Mr. Damien Alpazar. What up, y'all? How y'all doing today? He looks like Manny Ramirez if he never played sports. <laughs> Or now, maybe. Yeah. Or yeah. How's he look now? We don't I, know. Probably. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If he did like the Sammy Sosa lighter skin thing. Oh, that's creepy. He'd get closer dude. to Damien. The Sammy Sosa thing. I don't know what happened there, but there's something wrong with that doctor. I've, or something right, depending on how white you <laughs> you think white is right. Yeah. Right? Then again, I, well, I'm not agreeing with that. I'm saying maybe he nailed it. <laughs> Sammy was Sammy's the nutso one. You're I don't the know. one who looks like American History X, man. Yeah. You know, you keep saying <laughs> that. Quit saying that. We'll stop curb stopping people. And we'll, I won't do it. All right. My hair is just sad when it grows out. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. It's like it's uh it's sad. It's 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 got uh it's emo more than sad I think. But uh, tomato tomato. I was just listening to a story. Well, w- first we gotta officially get the podcast started. Yeah yeah, yeah. hotty toddy. Let's go. Oh no, we gotta do a real one. It's Friday afternoon, and uh, we're having some beers. We're having a hang sesh. So I'll do a real hotty toddy. Are you ready, Scott? Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Have you listened to the podcast? We put them on the Eric spot. Ke- Eric keeps putting me down, but it just comes back like nobody's going to say they hate it to your face. Hotty toddy, God Almighty! <laughs> this is the Sweat Equity. Worst one yet. Yeah. That's the best, man. You got to get a little fired up. You're alive. You're alive, right? Right? I'm already fired up. Let's go. Sorry. <laughs> okay. You got some cocaine going through your veins or something. What? what? Um, I actually do not. I feel like I have to say that. So. Jesus. <laughs> I was. Uh, yeah, it is, it is Florida after all. I was watching a video last night of Neil Patel, who I think w- former Google guy, Google exec. And it was about content online. It made me think about what I wanted to talk to you, Scott, about while you're here is I want to hear your story of how you got to where you're, you're at because I don't think we've had you on to where you've talked about that. No. Um, and then, you know, I feel like a lot of things uh, – journalism is really tough to do now. Yeah, it's, like, it's changed a lot. It's very – it's also very fluid, but people are starting start sort of scrambling to – figure out how to do journalism right now. right and what what's authentic and what's real journalism uh to me i used to have new york times and wall street journal as my two pillars of like i'm not either left or right but these two seem to be the staples of like legit journalism sure yeah call it 10 years ago those were my two i go to the, those two all the time and now i feel like both have jumped the shark and i don't even know what to read anymore necessarily but the to bring it back to what i was looking at last night so neil patel is a, a google seo expert um 
He's, he does these videos on LinkedIn. They're actually pretty, pretty great for the digital hustlers that are listening to this podcast. I would recommend following him. But he's talking about basically doing the dead spin Gawker media formula. Find someone who does an article legit, <laughs> who does all the research, wrap your opinion around that, mm-hmm. put that, r- the researched legit article in parentheses and quote it and link back to that but put your opinion around it get at least you know 300 words on it of your opinion on that on an opinion of an opinion yeah essentially yeah. react it's reactive journalism is, Reac- is, that is i knew you'd have a, a good name for it uh and then it's that thing of like uh, yeah and then google school with that too mm-hmm. which is that was wh- what's really interesting because they used to go if you duplicate content Google's going to just, uh, it's basically going to give you negative points. Yeah, it hurts you. Yeah. Call it fantasy points, SEO fantasy points, right? <laughs> you're going to get negative, you're going to throw a pick, basically. Huh. If you do that, now he's saying you're not going to get negative, but you're not going to get anything out of it unless you do this part. And you link it back to the legit first article because then it, it's, and I get it because Google's like, okay, because you're going to read this piece you might go li- hit that link and go read the real article sure. or case study or whatever it is. It's like it's like value added for they they're, they're going to keep you online. We're keeping you there, yeah. right? We're keeping you in the tail. We can track that tail too and see what you're interested in because eventually it'll lead to either you drift off uh, or you're going to click on something that's a lead gen or leading you down a, a marketing funnel for a product. Right? You see the new Elon Musk proposal. To no. have a website where people go on and rate journalists. What do you think about that, Scott? Were they like, like Politico? Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know. Rotten Tomatoes. It's kind of Rotten Tomatoes for journal. It's more of the uh, the trustworthiness, I guess, of the article. You're not really rating how good it is, just well, ha- if it's legit or not. It, it'll start that way, but it'll quickly. I imagine. Yeah, those Russian bots will take. <laughs> well, it'll it'll be like a rate my teacher kind of thing, you know, where people just would be for who have a certain you know opinions about news will just start slamming people and to me it sounds like more tools for trolls i'm sorry yeah no exactly it might be i I think they're looking for something to kind of track everyone because of all the fake news that goes out you know i think i think i'm fine with it because i mean i work in alternative media so i'm you know i'm probably never going to win a few let's (laughs) nobody's checking your facts no i i I think i know that practice good journalism but we what's alternative media technically like how would you just because people would ask alternative comedy i'm like uh, yeah, it's know. hard to describe. Uh, it, the the easiest way to to describe it is to go back to the beginning, um, before the web. Alternative newspapers were basically started um, for two reasons. They were either uh, A and E listings of punk rock shows and and off 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 Broadway plays and stuff that's going on in your community, and then the other ones were. Uh, the ones who were fact-checking your local mainstream media papers. Like, almost all the stories were about oh. the stories that the dailies weren't talking about. Interesting. And and covering, you know, like, uh, if a daily is is not talking about something the mayor's doing, then the Alt-Weekly would, would call attention to that. They were, they were basically watchdogs of the mainstream media. Right, but had a way, usually a way less uh, readership than, yeah, than yeah, the main it was, product. It, it, it definitely... Um, you know, in the back in the fifties and sixties, when you know Dad was reading the paper every day, he didn't want opinions. You know, he wanted to know what was going on, and all all weeklies came out of uh, opinions, and definitely uh, a sort of I don't want to say every all weekly ever was lefty, but I mean that's 
that's yeah. that's the gist you know that's what most people associate them with and they, they were progressive and they were about social justice causes and and stuff like that um guns and op-ed that was the only alt weekly <laughs> that i used to read so it was pretty good uh a lot of guns Wait, where did you get your hands on one of those um a gun or the the paper the paper no weirdo. Uh, i'm kidding uh that that doesn't exist i just i was trying oh. to think of like what would a right like a right side ah. like, uh kind of alt paper well like? i mean there you know if you went to big cities in the early 70s there were uh, a lot of uh, right-wing publications but they didn't have a design aesthetic but like the people that started alt weeklies were were by and large creatives and the right wing people would just make it basically a zine, you know, like oh, type, yeah. typeset it, an angry rant right, <laughs> right. to something. Yeah. I mean, so how do you see, I guess, what's your opinion on current, I guess, current, current journalism? Like, are you pissed at a lot of stuff that you see? Cause I get angry. I'm not even in the industry and I'm just like, this is clear. I, cause I know the digital side of all this stuff mm. and I can see how it works. And I'm like, this is, Everybody kind of knows what clickbait is now. Yeah. But the whole thing, like this Cambridge, uh, Cambridge Analytics story, right, is misrepresented. The whole the whole story is like, it sounds like Facebook um, was doing something evil, and it was actually the other way around. Is Cam- It sounded like Facebook had a leak, and it was the other way around. Is is Cambridge basically scraped and stole a bunch of data yeah but nobody knows who cambridge analytics is but everybody knows the word facebook right. so you're gonna and work it into your story they're yeah. the monolith yeah. and thus we hate the man yeah. right and so uh and it's always if you're punching up it's always kind of a good angle i feel sure. like because most yeah. people feel like they need to uh i hate when people say that in comedy too you should be always punching up and it's like I don't know if that's the best uh, way to go about it. Sometimes it's really, really fun to make, no, 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 make for fun sure. Of I'm just saying, <laughs> if that's your number one angle, yeah, or number one mantra of how you do anything opinion based or whatever art you do, I don't know if that's the best thing. That's not truthful. That's just you're just doing it to do it. Then. Right, right. Yeah. Like it's not what you really feel necessarily. I do my yeah. comedy to just uh, bore people, just get them really sleepy, <laughs> just get them real tired. Ooh, I'm it's gonna out. come in handy soon with them kids, and now your daddy doing ten, right to bed. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm doing dad puns all night. And yeah. They're like, I, <laughs> I do it too. I don't though. know English. You have like a like a fake brick wall in the in the kids' room. Uh, I can hear my I can hear my talking. wife's eyes roll at some of the puns <laughs> I'm doing, but she's in the other room. Like, <laughs> and I was doing like three little pigs, and I was trying to make it fun for me. And then I, I yeah. was just like, oh. just giggling <laughs> to yourself. <laughs> um, so where where do you see what I, I'm sure you've got something that's bothering you with the mainstream media kind of thing? Words. No, I would say all media. I mean, it's just really sad. Nice. What I, I mean, like it. it's, no, no, it's no, true. Uh, I was I was hoping you didn't go. <laughs> no, it's all good. No, but then I'd, I'd be like, uh. no. There's a there's a lot about um, about uh, news media that's really really depressing because people are being uh, forced by the environment to, like you say, shape stories in a certain clickbaity way or cover stuff that really doesn't need to be covered, but you have to get your 80 blogs a week up or, you know, and there's not a lot of resources being expended on um, more long-form journalism and, and more in-depth studies because there's just no time and no pay to send somebody out for a week to dig through um, police reports and FOI request, FOIA requests, and uh, and again, that's, I'm not. This I'm definitely not a hard news journalist. I never claim to be. No, no, that's, no. that's not my beat. Um, but even even in, in whether it's soft news features or hard news, there is 
you don't have the time anymore to really, really tell a compelling and original story. Gotta That's get really it out. sad. Gotta get it out now. I believe the term is fla- flaccid news, not soft news. Um, <laughs> we're, we're a First dick flaccid. joke at what time is it? Oh, yeah, how long we'll we make here, it? Write that <laughs> down. That's a little late for us. Actually. I know. No so, use of the word girthy yet either, uh, and I'm the first one. Okay. Weird. You know that is a little strange. We're, we're a little slow. Sorry. Is it anybody's girth day? <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. So save the puns for your kids. <laughs> yeah, the girth puns for my. For I'm my totally kids. gonna Absolutely. use it my later. Daughter was like, huh? But uh, I would say, all right, let's flip. Let's flip this more over to kind of careers in journalism. We always try to make this show more pragmatic advice. Than anything, yeah, sure. And I'm sure you get hit up all the time. You're the you're you're the EIC now. That sounds like a badass editor in chief. Yeah, but I uh, knew that. And so Mazel Tov, by the way. Thank you. It's nice. huge. Um, is this new? It was it was, it was bitter. This is a l- last couple of months. It's oh, bitter, awesome! Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, the paper was um, our parent company, who's owned the paper, uh, probably seven or eight years now. Um, sold it to another media group that specializes in in alt weeklies. And um, they made some budget cuts, and frankly, we had a, a, a couple of layoffs. And I was offered David Warner, our old editor in chief, um, basically fell on the sword to save some other people's jobs because he had one of the bigger salaries. And so like a good thanks, dude. David. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he seemed like a good dude from everything I was. All great, the writers that yeah. worked there, that stayed there, wrote something. You wrote something really nice. Uh, a bunch of other people I read at the time, and it, he sounded like a good dude that. That was really a martyr in a in a way in your kind of community. In, in in my opinion, yes, I I, I would say that. Um, he he just he under he really he's worked in alt weeklies a really long time, and he really understood the the heart and soul of it was community, and that extended not just to coverage but to the newsroom. And he, I mean, he was my mentor for uh, a long time, and we didn't really get along so well to when he first came to to Creative Loafing because I I was the hot shit music writer and I didn't want to listen to anybody, and I was like. New guy, I'm not gonna listen to you, new guy. And he was like, "We're not doing that <laughs> article about real big fish, all right, man? That's not punk." <laughs> that a lot of those fake, are, fake punk. Yeah, a lot of those arguments. I so if I'm sure you get a lot of people that are like, "Hey, I want to be a writer." Mm-hmm. Damien gets it a lot on the video side. I want to break into uh, doing graphics or animation or product photography, video production, and sometimes you just don't have enough time to email everybody back and all that. I have enough time, so if you want to hit us up at lawtocoworks.com or eric at tocoworks.com, we'll probably get back to you. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe we'll answer it on air, which I like doing. Yeah. That'd be cool. Well, we want to change this more into part of the show or just break break different episodes up into maybe interview and then the other one, us hanging and taking in calls live. We were just looking at how you can do Facebook Live. And people can almost kind of like a call in, mm-hmm. but it, they're doing FaceTime with you. The, well, the, the Gethard show, I think, really sort of pioneered the idea of Skype calls. Really? Which, which seemed to work really well. They probably didn't pioneer it. They probably use it better than anybody else, I would say. We'll have to check that out. Because in comedy, you don't want to steal any jokes. But in business, I'll steal any ideas. Yeah, absolutely. And try to do it better. I mean, that's not crazy. Skype calls? We just technically would have an issue. <laughs> yeah, no, I just... We've, tried, we've looked at it to try and like figure out how to make it on the big screen TV back there and it's just like looping background. It's just, Oh, it's a time we, thing more than anything. It's just time. We just yeah. don't have, we're working on a lot of stuff and I'm nine to four schedule like strict. So I can't come in here as much as I used to, to do some of these fun things. But I would say, uh, 
the the big thing is with that Facebook Live though, it's way more interactive. It's like that HQ game. Remember, remember I was talking to you all about that. Yep. It's, a, it's a, like a game show every, at three o'clock every day. Oh right, where you like call in or like join into the live game show that's only happening at that time online. Right. And it's like there's a pool of money as a prize, and if you last through the seven eight questions, I haven't heard of this. This sounds pretty brilliant. It's awesome. It's it actually is. like like I don't do it, but I, the idea to me is insane. Like I think it's brilliant. I think it's the way things are going to go. Like live engagement because live. Is the only thing that's kind of connecting, like live sports, you see it like that's the only thing on the TV, uh, t- on the networks that are the only reason to have cable. Right, exactly, and th- they know that now. They didn't know that like four years ago. Right. They thought, oh well, we've got um, we've got these ABC shows at night that uh, no one really watches until they're streaming on the on the cable providers too now. Yeah. And Chicago so, Hospital. Right. Yeah. Chicago. Always Chicago something. Know, what is going on in Chicago? A lot, a lot of murder, Chirac. Yeah, the emergency room is always busy. That's true, actually. Wheeling, it's a sibling. More shows coming. So uh, I think HQ, I see that when uh, our friend of the program, uh, Samantha Gann of Social Alchemy, she was showing me that. I was like, it's like, whoa, that, that's where everything's going to go. And that's where I want this podcast to get to. Not a game show necessarily, but I was thinking more love line for, you know, kind of nerd business or business advice or any kind of hustle thing. Damien, you've been kind of quiet. What's going on? I'm mixing over here, bro. Oh, oh you're directing. <laughs> wicka, wicka, wicka. My, uh, my nope. job is to make sure you look pretty. You look like you had a point you were about to throw out there. Is that why you're so quiet? You're working hard? Well, you know, to hardly working. Look good. <laughs> I got to focus in on that mug right there. Boom. Beautiful. See how I did that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, ratings just went up. Mm-hmm. So even even with this camera and the way it's interacting, it can auto, it can automatically do it if we calibrate it correctly. But I feel like journalism is going to start to kind of, it's it's already doing it a little bit where you're, you have to be, multi, you can't just write anymore. Like I talked to no, comics yeah. and you can't just, you can't just do stand up. Would creative loafing ever go to the, go the way of, um, you know, live podcasts about subjects that, you know, you have in print and then indulge in that story further? Is that something that? By the way, we didn't tell Scott we were going live before. <laughs> Yeah, before no. this, I was like, "This is fine." I don't know if that was cool or not. <laughs> no, no, I, uh, yeah, we're always looking for new ways to tell stories and 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 ways to engage the community. But um, again, like, like journal, like the whole journalism industry is like this giant freighter. You know, it takes a freighter like fourteen miles to make a turn, and so you have this whole industry trying to figure out which way to turn and it's a it's going to take forever to turn and b they still don't know which direction they want to turn in yet and there there's always a matter of resources um you can't you can't fill the paper every week and fill the website every day and also um you know i do like a live town hall you know for an hour yeah that's great and and answer every email about people that have really great story ideas, you know, um, with on the resources that most newspapers have right now because the resources are definitely dwindling. And the stories could suffer from somebody donating extra time to something that's not their writing. You yeah. Know, it's, that's, it's a weird line to, to walk. Time management is a, is a huge issue in, in journalism right now because it's butting up against productivity. Well, time management in journalism has always been, I mean, it's always been story get to press and there's always this window of that of diminishing time it seems like everything that i've ever seen whether it's real or not because obviously tv and movies you know maybe they you know 
fantasize. Yeah, it's romanticized to a certain degree. A certain yeah. degree. But at the same token, though, I've, I've actually been on um, working with magazines that had to get things released for, let's say, fall. And it seemed like fall was only three months away, but fall seemed came, come, came <laughs> 15 very minutes quick. later, yeah. the deadline <laughs> was like, there. What? Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so it was with, the, with everything being so on demand, especially when it comes to, you know, people tweeting things now and so on and so forth, you know, how's that landscape changing, you know, the stories that you put on page? I think, I think that um, the real sea change is going to come when nobody's printing paper anymore. I think that's when, when the, the, the news outlets will finally realize that they, they'll have more time to spend on uh, you know, video hangouts and they'll have a little more time to spend on doing some research because the person that's writing print stories will be able to shift over to something else. And um, print is our biggest expense. Actually, printing the paper is, huh. is Creative Loafing's by far our biggest expense. And, uh, you could see, you could kind of see it over the years if you lived here. And Creative Loafing's in Atlanta, Charlotte. That those are the only two now. Okay, yeah. uh, but like, they've been there over a decade, right? In each city, mm. and you can kind of see it used to be like on the corner, every you know, every corner in a major area, and now it's like specifically you have to go to the cool coffee shop. Yep. Yeah, to find <laughs> the coffee. Yeah, di- distribution. The five dollar coffee shop. Yeah, distribution yeah. is has has slimmed. Uh, the number of issues that get printed um, get slimmed down. Uh, the uh, Creative Loafing Atlanta just went monthly uh, for their print issue, mm-hmm. and they're just they're concentrating more on web. Our um, the Euclid Media Group, the company that bought us, is very very bullish on web, but they're not willing. They're like me; they grew up reading alt weeklies and sure. know, playing in punk bands and all that shit. And so they are. They want to keep a print product as long as possible. Right. But huh. I think that they also understand that it's coming. I think know? you got to go like vinyl, right? That would be yeah. Go great. stone tablets. Print, no, oh actually, no, like, like print, print an yeah, issue. I would love like to put out an issue of Creative Loafing on vinyl. Well, that would I be mean, amazing. That. Literally I on vinyl. Literally. Yeah, I was listening to all now this, the, the newspaper read to you by Scott Harrell. <laughs> I'm not gonna read it. I'll get somebody with a sultrier voice to read it. Damien. But I think I think it still has its. I'll n- audition. It'll still have its nostalgia. I I actually personally li- like I used to make fun of our lawyer clients because they'll print out everything in email. Yep. And they'll read it on a piece of paper. I yep. used to make fun of it, and now I find myself uh, printing out more stuff again. I went <laughs> when I worked at my first job at a mutual fund company. I print out Bill Simmons's sports report, like five thousand word mailbag, and I go in the bathroom and. Take a shit. I'd just be sitting there. <laughs> Take a shit. Kill, Why'd you put that in air quotes? Because I didn't. Like, I would, you wouldn't even really poop. <laughs> I would. I poop before work because I'm a hero like that. And, and you d- still haven't had a hemorrhoid. Just sitting there reading. No, no. I have healthy poops. I Dude. don't push. Um, no. Lucky. I, no. I'm literally sitting there with my pants on the seat. My pants are up on the seat. Ew. I was just reading the. That's gross. Board. Is it grosser than your actual ass on the seat? No. You well, I don't know. Is it? He's talking. It's gross for your jeans, dude. It was like million. Find somewhere else to read it. Is what my uh, you know. When well, you're stuck the, in a big o- corporate office where they're tracking everything you're doing, like, and I was the grunt of this whole group. I could. The only the only place you could go was the bathroom. Everybody, everybody who's men do that for privacy in their own homes, especially when they have wives yeah. and kids. Oh, I do that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah like, absolutely. Just, this one, this going to take a little bit longer to pass. Oh man, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. What's my Facebook say? So I print out. I do top cover and bottom, just in case it printed the wrong way. I print something legit, like a <laughs> mutual fund snapshot. 
on uh, like a sandwich. Well, just reading, uh, just reading the, the report. Right, just reading about uh, emerging market fund and uh, well, f- the value is really good on this. And then um, in the middle would be 15 pages of Bill Simmons' mailbag, and I go and just read that. Now I used to make fun of people who print it out. Now I'm back to printing out stuff because I can't concentrate a lot of the time because there's a tab right there on Chrome or Safari or on my phone or something something pops up and I can't read what I want to read a lot of the time. Yeah, there's a million distractions with, with online reading. I, ag- I agree. I like <laughs> I like picking up the paper. I like picking up the, the St. Pete Times. And, I like and a book. The paper. Like yeah. I like a hardbound book. I've gotten um, – Kindle was a lot – I got used to my Kindle very quickly. I still like to, to read a physical book, but uh, I'd like to travel a lot too. And the convenience factor is just insane. Over sure, taking sure. three books with you, you know. Yeah. But no, I, I there's just nothing like having the tactile product in your hands. I totally agree. No, I, and I like, uh, we had an intern in here and she didn't take it, but I like giving books. Uh, yeah. Even though I consider my books on here trophies, like look at, look at what I did. Look what I read. I read all... Half those probably. <laughs> yeah. I bought all. You of did them, buy them. I bought all. Maybe of them, for sure. Uh, but like, I used to call them little mind trophies. Like, hey, look, uh, you know, I'm not just a natty light drinker. Uh, you know, I'll read a Tim Dorsey, you know, Tim Dorsey novel for fun. That's what I do. But or Carl Hyacin, those are my favies. Those are my guilty pleasures. But uh, you guys know who that is? Quarterback at University of I mean, Miami, Tim I mean, Dorsey. Ken Dorsey. Huge, huge uh, Carl Heisen fan. Yeah, Carl Heisen, uh, he, ha- he wrote the book Striptease, right? But uh, the movie didn't do it justice, really. No. That was based on a book? There's no. A much see, my brain is going to explode. A much better book. A bastard. I almost didn't say that because I was like, it's going to bastardize Carl Heisen. Yeah. And Burt Reynolds. Oh, Burt. I mean, How you can't bastardize Burt Reynolds. He was actually the best part of that movie. Right. Yeah. So, or. Jimmy's fake and titties. the tits, but yeah, look, but, but hey, Bert, yeah, sure, Bert. Check out this thing I, fake I, I saw about. It's called Time Flip. It's a uh, time management dodecahedron, and it's this big like, ball. It looks like a ball, but it's. Uh, Would you mind turning that to the screen I for the viewers for a second? It's a Dungeons and Dragons. It's die. like huh. yeah, it's like a twelve. I think dodecahedron is a twelve-sided. Yeah, that's why I don't know why you're telling me to do that. I'm just trying to see what happens. But this thing's cool because you can rotate it. And you assign sides. So if you put uh, your your email side up, it like gives you an alert when your time's up. Do an email. Then you rotate it in a different way. I don't know. I thought it looked cool. I think that's that's kitschy for idiots. I don't maybe. know if that'll actually work, right? Like, I don't know. Would it? I mean? I looked at it. I was like, that's so it. stupid. And Let's then try I was it. like, maybe I could. Let's use try it that. out. Try it out. We'll try it out. Try it out. Um. Time flip. How much send, is it? send one to yeah, time Funko flip. Works, and they'll they'll try it out and podcast. And I love it. I swear. So See, spoken like a true editor in chief who knew how to get a plug in there. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing we got to make money somehow. We gotta we gotta get some money going into this machine. Hey, we get stuff sent to us all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes we sometimes we write about it. Sometimes we don't. But yeah, we get we get a you know we get. Local beer sent to us all the time. Of uh, course, of course, we're going to write about local beer. What's know? the best? What's the best and worst thing y'all have gotten? The best thing is definitely um, Jameson sent me a Caskmates oh. bottle that was aged in Guinness barrels. That was probably the best thing I've ever been sent. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't ask for this stuff. I don't solicit this shit. Um, the worst Integrity. thing. It's interesting they can send booze. I feel like there's be yeah, a rule you can, against that, right? You can that, mail right? booze. It's like crazy. you can just straight up. Do y'all? Uh, you can have booze as an advertiser, right? 
Yes, we can. We don't have a lot of liquor advertisers, but it's legal. There's yeah. weird rules with like TV, radio about that. Uh, like, you well, the cigarettes. There's, there's there's rules. Yeah, with cigarettes and, and liquor, out. you can't be within like like five pages of of content that's uh, for children. Oh, weird. They judge it by pages. Yeah, that's it, that's, that's oh. the weird. distance. That's, yeah. yeah, that's the distance. That's kind of like having a liquor store by the schoolyard. Yeah, it's the yeah. same idea, I guess. Huh. It's can't interesting. Have, can't have cigarette huh. ads like near a cartoon, for instance. It's like a federal statute. Or, Joe or probably, you probably can't have like a call to action, like cool cigarettes can't put like a cartoon and then like, hey, check us out in five Joe, pages. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe Camel <laughs> changed all that. The, 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 the Joe Camel character made all, made all these laws come into effect. Isn't it weird, though, that adults uh, were adults or children? That's my kind of theory now is like we're all kind of not uh, we're all man child children a little bit like it's not like if this was 40 years ago we'd all have mustaches and been back from the war that, yeah. kind of thing <laughs> that's the big secret of life right you get to be our age and you're like oh nobody knows what the fuck's but going you, on you ever look at pictures of guys our age that 40 50 years ago they look they like look they're old as hell <laughs> <laughs> 55 yeah, does seen some shit yeah so yeah like, really hard life i'm literally wearing board shorts in a tank top on a friday at three o'clock in the afternoon uh, and I haven't cut or shaved my I haven't cut my hair or shaved in like seven days or something like that. I haven't gotten a haircut in a month. I look at those pictures. I'm like, those are like, dude, those are men. And yeah, I'm imagine like, imagine like in the in the 40s and 50s, if someone had said, we're gonna put out a magazine for adult men about playing video games. <laughs> that's that's just not that would not be a thing. Or, yeah. or you're gonna watch. You're gonna have a thing called Twitch TV that's gonna make a fuckload of money. And you're just—it's all people watching other people play video games. That still adults, adults playing right. video games, right? Uh, and look, I—I I think there's value to video games. Don't get me wrong. I think you can—it's it, good for your brain as like a strategy thing. Like, I think it helps you like playing chess. I think it can help you uh, in other ways. But when it's a lot of your life, that—that's when, like, I give Damien a lot of shit for comic book movies and all the nerding out he can do on that. But he'll also fire back that. All the shit I love about college football uh, is probably way too much, even if I do try to justify it by having a podcast. It's all the same storylines, just different situations. Right. There's how many stories total that Vonnegut five, says? Five great uh, stories. Yeah, there's only five. So oh, they all fall into that. You know, everybody dies at the end. Wow. That, uh, that took a dark turn. Sorry. <laughs> it's the clouds outside. It's like yeah, everyone it's really, dies. It's really dark out. That's how it goes, man. So we always like to ask anybody that's kind of in a good position uh, career-wise, you know, what is, what's a good advice you give out, you dole out? Say someone's in high school, hey, I'm graduating soon because it's May, just graduated. I'm not going to college, which I think is smart. Mm-hmm. But I agree. I, how do I break in? How can I, what do I do? Or, you, you know, you, I'm sure you get a lot of people that get, try to ask advice through someone else. Right, like someone will be like, "Hey, my nephew wants to do something." There's a lot of that. I get a lot of stuff from people directly too. So what do you what do you say when someone's like, "I want to try to get into being a writer"? Well, I definitely I would say, don't um, don't try to break into print journalism. Um, as as don't make that your be all end all career goal right yeah. now. I don't think that's a good idea. I would say, um, DIY it. Um, whether it's your your job or not, you know, learn to code, put out your own uh, website. I would try to make it look look a little bit better than a than a blog, but and find new ways to tell new stories that um, that 
other people in town aren't aren't writing about. You know, I get I get pitches that are just the same. You know, the uh, the same. You know, I want to interview uh, Mayor Kreisman. You know, yeah. You know, he's the cool mayor. We you know we, Clearwater. We, we've done it to death. Do you read the paper? You know, right. Like pitch me something that that you haven't seen in the in the pages or on the site. But yeah. also, but also make sure that you have something out there that we can go to and and be impressed by. I mean, that's really the. If you write me and you don't send me clips, I don't even write you back. Do you guys oh, cli- send clips of like? It doesn't even matter if it's if it's for another major publication. At least send me a link to your your website. You know where you have actual writing. Oh, they say like figure it out almost like. Well, no, they're they're just like uh, how. Just trust me. How would I go about getting to write for for creative loafing? And it's like, well, if you that tells me that you probably haven't written for anybody right you know right. because you don't have any idea how to pitch oh yeah or or like you're probably not doing it on your own because you're you're kind of doing pitches in another way you're kind of pitching ideas probably to your friends a lot i'm going to try to write about this well write about it don't right. don't go i'll write about it when somebody gives me the green light you right know, go right. ahead put it somewhere so you want to see assertiveness in that direction you know i always compare you know do do what you want to do for free until you get paid kind of thing i i i go back and forth on that um, it's, it's i would i wouldn't look, do it i wouldn't not, do it's it it's a catch all yeah phrase. i wouldn't do it for someone else um for free uh unless you're interning or that's the you've decided that's what you're going to do i wouldn't want a, somebody to feel forced into that position right right but i mean i it's def- assert assertiveness is, goes a long way though my first professional job writing was um I was in bands in the in the early '90s in Tampa and St. Pete, and the guys that ran the state theater, the No Clubs guys, uh, put out a every other week. They put out a very well. To, it was a zine, but it was a very well put together zine. Uh-huh. Um, you know, uh, good art, good cover, and I just there was a guy that was coming to shows all the time who was a, a he was a local musician himself, but he ended up editing the thing. And he and I got into a conversation on a drive up to Gainesville to to play, and I just started bugging him about writing. Yeah, and I was like, "Let me write, let me write, let me write, let me write, let me write." And he just, at some point, somebody else dropped out, and he threw me a couple of of of, uh, of jobs. Do but you guys act actively scout new writing talent? We don't. Um, I mean, we definitely know. Somebody always tell us like I read, you know, like I read the Minaret or I'll read um, is it the Crow's Nest, the USF paper, and uh, you'll see the people that are the up and comers that are standout. I got gotcha. you. Sort of have Should their be chops. Called the that's that's good. Write that one right. down. Better, Write better. it right much down better. right now. This is why I'm the Don Draper of the digital community. Yeah, um, I'm getting cocky. I'm Sorry, like, I'm like, yeah, my dad pun skills. I would say not really a pun. Assertive, yeah, bullshit. <laughs> Uh, assertive. You have an editor in chief here, okay? Grammatically, you need to be scraped. Technically, that's a pun. Yeah. What? What? Suck what? that. The Suck bull- that. Oh, I thought wow. you were saying Suck Don Draper was a, a pun. I'm sorry. You're right. Bullshit is a. You know what? You need to really load up the podcast because we're really low on dick jokes and girthy. So please yeah. hit us with a, with. A <laughs> so how many dicks do you see in an? Um, I would say the, the the advice you're giving back is kind of similar to what everybody says. Mm. It's I, I hear Damien say it a lot too uh, for people that are interested. It's the thing of like, you know, be assertive, do your own stuff. Like if you really want to do it, you'll do it. Uh, and you're not going to be good. Know that. <laughs> you're probably not going to be that good. You, but, you know, there a lot of people on the other side, 
I think what a lot of kids need to know is that just like you were saying, like, hey, when are you going to let me? When are you going to let me? When are you going to let me? A lot of managers are maxed out a lot of the time. They're not proactively thinking, like Eric was asking, are they proactively looking for talent? Sometimes it's just, you know, being there is enough. It's the Woody Allen rule. Yeah. You know, 90% is showing up kind of thing. That's how I got a lot of, like, stand-up gigs when I was, like, 21 was I was just not a douchebag, and I would hang out in the back of these open mics or shows that I wasn't on, but I'd just be like, how do I, how can I do that? But I wasn't like, yo, let me get on this show. Like, I saw a lot of people do that. I'd just be like, you know, what's the path? You know, try to be really polite and, and courteous and wait till the show's over and all that shit. So It's like everything has the uh, the hard knocks one way or another, whether it's sitting at the uh, comedy club for hours or just writing your own blog. You're right. going to earn it some way. Yeah. I, you don't I, just get handed and anything. if you have a choice, write the blog. Yeah. <laughs> the sitting in the back of the club, not that fun. Yeah, Stand-up is a lot of work. Stand-up well, is a lot of sitting around. Yeah, but you're, I mean, you're right, you're right about right place because there will be people who will check in with me every couple of months or whatever, you know, still, you know, looking to see if you need any freelancers and I won't talk to them for a while and then one day there's a, the news story that nobody can go cover and I'll just pull somebody that that had clips whose cover letter was didn't have a million typos in it. Wow. And be like, hey, can you go do this? You know, and it's kind of like a trial by fire. It, that stuff like that definitely happens. It really has to do with that whole sticking in your brain power. Yeah. You know, you got to sit there and say, we tell people, uh, um, it doesn't matter what position they do on set, they want to get on set. PA is the most sought after. It, it's a gopher. It's not a glorious position, but... It's everybody could like you. Everybody gets to know the person, it's, and everyone asks, so what else do you do? And then, and it's like, just because you're there and you're constant, mm-hmm. and people are like, hey, I remember that guy. Joe is a, is a recent PA that we got on set, and he's like, hey, remember that guy? Who, who's that guy who was running around, who was like really like energetic, who was there all the time? You mean Joe? Easy Joe, to work with. yeah, Joe, yeah. easy to work with. Yeah, let's, let's get him on this next one. Let's get him on the next one. And then eventually, he got in the position that he really wanted, but that took just being in people's ears and being in their consciousness and people tend to forget that part that it's not like hey listen um do you need a writer no okay cool i'll check back in you check back with you next year mm-hmm. it's like uh i don't remember i don't remember what happened last month much less what happened last right, year right. And, and if and if you're and if you're writing all the time anyway whether you have a gig or not whether you're writing on your site or you're funny on twitter i mean i i pay i remember that stuff you know i mean it's like you said it's just sort of gets in there and you're like oh remember that guy he'd be he'd be good for this particular story would, would you recommend um someone trying to break in a little bit or trying to get the, a semi-paid gig whatever you want to call it um you know to write on medium i feel like that feels like the platform for a lot of people to like at least online there's people i call it scraping because there's some trash like kind of sites out there that'll pull these uh rookie writers up from there that I guess I've read on I try to read about it on Reddit because mm-hmm. uh, we have a friend that's been writing a lot on there and I was like huh I wonder what how many people do that path and I guess there's you know there's a lot of sites out there that just aggregate as much as they can yeah and they don't really care about a lot of stuff but they're getting a lot of free labor essentially yeah that's, to a, get that's exactly what revenue. it is I, I don't I don't actively read um, medium looking for for new writers for creative loafing because basically I mean honestly we're not looking for new writers. No, you got a you got a big supply. Like you've got people wanting to work yeah. there. And we talk about that with unemployment with unemployment with employment for a lot of our clients is like be the place that there's a waiting list. 
you know, be the place that there's a lot of people hitting you up wanting to work there. Mm. And that's that's a culture you all have created. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I want, you know, I want, as soon as I moved here, I, that was one of my goals was to write for Creative Loafing. Yeah. When it was back when it was the Weekly Planet. By the way, huge fan since the Weekly Planet. Just oh, throwing awesome. that Thank out you. there, FYI. It's just one of those things that it's like, you know, you see it, you whether you're in the coffee shop, whatever the case is, the first one I pick up. Definitely you know? catches Thank your you. eye. It's part, yeah. it's part of the community, and I'm really proud of that. I've been a part of that since 2001. And uh, I'm really happy to be a part of it. My favorite was the comedy issue. <laughs> uh, so well, see that. So how we got, Why? Because you we, were in it. Uh, that, no, I've that, got it framed uh, actually right behind me, which I feel douchey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a little. I can actually reach no, out and touch it right now no, if I want. It feels like I'm wearing the the, sh- the band shirt and going to the concert. Yeah. I d- I didn't realize I realized halfway through this. How's interview, that bad? I, it just feels weird that hey oh like I put it here like oh remember this like uh, remember when he came in the office. One thing I did remember about all right, so I'll give the backstory. I got uh, super pissed that there wasn't not super pissed, but just perturbed. There was four forty issues of Artisan Coffee, and then fifteen Slam Poetry cover issues, and I just wanted to put. I don't think we did fifteen. Slam no, poetry I know. I counted. I did count it up though. I like got. I went hard in the paint. I tried to count up like how many issues about the Tampa Bay scene of these other arts going on. And there was not one in like at whatever point that was 13 years uh, about comedy. And I was like, there's a really good scene here. And I just kind of did my own little douchey kind of like blog post. Accumulating put out, stats. Put it out there. Yeah. Well, I want, I'm no, I'm just like a lawyer about it. If I'm going to have an opinion and I'm going to drive at it, I'm going to have facts to back it up. Way so, to turn your nerdy habit into a cool thing. Data-driven decisions, my friend. That's how but you do you your online it, advertising. You got it right back to I mean, nerdy. You, you shamed us into it. I, I mean, it's very true. Ooh. But it was a fun... Sh- it wasn't like, hey, guys, you guys are fucking cucks or something like that. It was like, <laughs> it was like, look, what's the deal? No comedy issue. It was kind of fun. And then whoever had your Twitter account was going back and forth in a fun way, too. And then, uh, you, uh, I don't remember from there, you were like, hey, let's do, let's do it. You came in here... And I was up all night working on something. I was like, uh, it's 10 a.m., but do you want a beer? And you're like, yes. <laughs> and I was like, all right, this is going to be cool. Best friends forever. Yeah, pretty much. I knew I liked you for some reason. <laughs> I was like, wait. Oh, yeah. It's yeah the morning cool. beers. One yes. thing that really caught my eye when we were doing the interview is that it, it, it really kind of, after you left and I thought about it later, was you had to be the, you had to interview while typing at the same time which is kind of a crazy multitasking kind of thing. And I w- thought about it, I was like, you had to get to that point. Yeah. Not I don't ev- think that was your deal growing up, right? No, like, not everybody does it, but I have so much to do that I, and we don't have a transcription service, so right. I cannot spend two hours combing through an interview that I just, I was like, I just had it. Why don't I just have it while I'm having it? You right, know? right, no, no, I get it. Like, because I'll do a meeting and I'll go, hey, while I'm doing this meeting, I'm going to be working on something else. And I've developed how to kind of be able to pay attention when I need to uh, during a meeting sometimes. So, like, sometimes it's like someone How often does that work with your wife, though? Ne- oh, never. Uh, <laughs> Just checking. I, but to be fair to me, I tell her I need a pen and a pad if you're going to give me stuff I have to do. Because <laughs> I need to, like, I don't, I don't have a good short-term memory. I know that. But I need, you can't just give me a, or like a order as like a line chef and just like hey uh table 23 doesn't want the tomatoes on their plate that's, like, a, great, that's a great analogy most people can remember everything I, I'm, I'm so bad at i know but i know that about myself you know like and i go i thought about you 
doing an interview, it's like when we try to direct this and do the podcast, sometimes it's, it's too much multitasking. It takes away from one or the other. Yeah. And so, um, I was, I was thinking, I was like, you weren't probably born with the ability to do that. You probably just had it out of force. And I always think about like, you think you're maxed out when you're doing your own thing or you're, you're in a, um, you're in a career where you have to be a self-starter and you have to be motivated and you have to get to that next level on your own. No one's going to pull you up kind of thing. Um, you'll have, you'll have mentors and stuff, but no one's going to be like, Hey, come on kid. I saw you. Now you're going to write for time magazine. Like that shit's out. Right. And so you have to be super efficient and you have to be way better at multitasking than you ever thought. And I always call it like six month plateau. Like you're like, I look back six months and I, I was like, man, I thought I was really fucking hustling and I, that wasn't shit compared to what's going on right now. No, you get better at managing your time. Your 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 bag of tools gets bigger, you know, and then, you yeah, you're able to tackle more stuff. So yeah. are we talking writing the article itself as you're sitting there or no, just taking notes? No, I was notes? transcribing the interview oh, while you we were, were talking in real That's time. even crazier, transcribing it yourself. I thought you just meant you were taking notes. I don't know. And it I mean, almost, the way you type, because you slam like I do, I think. I'm a really noisy typer. <laughs> Caveman typing. You probably taught yourself how to type. I actually I, took typing in... Really? Junior high school, I think, was when I first started taking typing. The but problem is that the further back you go, the harder you have to slam on keys because you were working on real typewriters. Yep. Oh. Well, yeah. not typewriter. Well, yeah. yeah. No, I, so learned I learned to type on typewriters. I learned That's to type crazy. on an IBM. How yeah. old are you, Damien? I'm fucking ancient, bro. <laughs> <laughs> What's the number? Tell me. Um, I'm in my 40s. Cuban don't crack. That's still not that old to have a typewriter. Well, uh, well, maybe I just went to a poor school. Oh, I don't okay. know. <laughs> Sorry, this is not going in a good direction. <laughs> wow. It was poor, okay? It also, it also seems like like laptops have been around forever, but they haven't, man. They've only been around, what, 15 years as far as I really usable? I at one point. Really? Yeah. We had a family computer, one of those like green screen Apple ones, but wow. I poured Coke on it or something. Well, I mean, all right, so just to not get off subject, but think about this. Okay. Did you learn anything on YouTube back in high school? No, wasn't around. Exactly. Nowadays, you tell someone, "Hey, man, how do you how do you know how to do that?" They're like, "Dude, YouTube it." That wasn't around just then. You actually remember dial-up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that shit, right? Do you remember floppies? Yeah. All right, dude. Think about Still how far get them. So. <laughs> so just think about that just for in a case s- they come back. You got a stack of them. So just yeah. think about that for a second. Like it's your schools. Line. Your schools probably were like, oh, yeah, there may have been laptops out, but then all of a sudden people and everyone else in large organizations, which turned very slowly, there were fucking Commodores and shit, you know what I mean, and typewriters and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, wow, we finally got a grant to get brand new computers, and they were still Apple like II's. 10 years old. So, yeah, yeah dude. That's I believed you. <laughs> I no, no, thought no. you were old as shit. Yeah, it's 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 just one of those. Um, you look younger than us. Yeah, I know. That's, 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 the, that's the real problem here. Is I feel like I'm, I look like I'm 50. And you look so nice and refreshed all the time. Yeah. With a nice deep voice. Nice I'm, decollete too. Uh, so I'm Damien. I'm working on my decollete. So, all right, we got a couple more minutes to close this mother out. Any anything? I did, I should have asked you if you had anything you wanted to bring up while you were coming in. I'm bad at the pre pre uh, pre interview stuff. No, it's good. I like I like. Shooting from the sort head. of free free will and style, yeah. What comes up comes up. Um, what do you see, kind of in the future, I guess, for uh, for how things are going in the industry, or you? I mean, it could even be with what y'all are doing at, at Creative Loafing. But I know that's hard to kind of. 
I don't want to put you on the spot like that. No, I do. I do think that that people are gonna, especially uh, you know, younger people that are that are just coming out of school that are more, uh, not just want to be writers, but want to be creative and want to tell stories and want to do journalism in a, in a, a new way. They're gonna find some really amazing ways to to tell stories, um, whether it's whether it's coding, video, a combination. Like every every story could be its own site, you know. Yeah. And wh- whereas people five or ten years ago, people used to um, lost my train of thought. Yeah. It used to take months to put together a website. You can put together a website now in in a week. You know, we push everybody to Squarespace. Hey, Squarespace, what's up? Give us a promo code. Where's the promo code, Squarespace? D- Damien, can you do a two shot over here? Two okay. shot, yeah. right, right. Hey yeah, Wix, hey Wix, here's your uh, here's no, your no, opportunity. No. Wix is muscle in. Garbage <laughs> We're Squarespace. We're Squarespace lovers. We're going to be the Squarespace Gimlet winners. Of yeah. <laughs> when, do we, when do we win the contest? They're doing a contest. Uh, Squarespace and Gimlet Media are doing a contest. Who's the podcast podcast host for them? Uh, and we're like, we we talk about Squarespace probably every other episode because we, we work in that. We work in that Squarespace so much. Um, Squarespace space. Is that, what Squarespace, you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you almost said? <laughs> but we were like... Uh, we're like, hey, just give us a promo code, and at least you know we'll it, it'll help incentivize more people over there. You have your two shots, so if you're gonna say something, say it straight to camera. Hey, Squarespace, Gimlet, we're your new hosts. That's all I want to say because we're gonna cut that. We'll we'll wrap it in an ad. Um, it was live. We oh you okay? We'll ra- we'll cut it out. We'll yeah, wrap it in it. an ad. I'll target everybody that works there. I've already done it. It's uh, creepy, bit. right? Yeah. Targeting the zip code of the Gimlet. I looked offices. up their. I looked up their We're offices, and I looked up where both offices are. I looked up. He did that. That's ages, true. age range. Yeah, there's <laughs> one in Ireland for Squarespace. It's like a five-story office. Well, I looked up Squarespace. Looked up the Sorry. address. Figured it out. I go okay. Probably it's this a, range. To it's this a podcast range. on just how much you could cyberstalk somebody these days. Dude, that this is like nothing. This is like, <laughs> this is like. You can track like people, like uh, you can track like executives if you really want to. I was sharing notes with someone that was telling me they'll go to a trade show. You walk in their little area, the little geotagged area. You get on their Wi-Fi without really knowing it because it's open source, so it's it's just open. And you know how people are like, you shouldn't have, uh, you should always have like a password for it because you don't want anybody to steal your stuff. Think of the opposite. No, but if you want to, yeah, if you want to flip that, so. They, you'll your phones will automatically get to the better version of that Wi-Fi at a trade show or something. Now they got your info. Now they can find. Now they got your low jack of a phone. They follow you all the way to your house. Now they got your address. Basically, uh, they can figure out where you live. Then they'll send you a packet over there. Who's you, they? The who should the I be watching out for? Future law. Future. <laughs> they people is like future me, law. People like out. me that. Really want to target if you wanted to target C level executives or really hard to get to kind of. Um, well, like if we're below C level, what if we live in Denver? We're above C level. You could technically yeah. use that technique to start sending issues directly to advertisers' homes. Just be like, bam, here you go. A super potential high, end high end potential advertisers. Yeah. Sounds really efficient. It'd have to be all about like that would be the right wing alternative uh, newspaper, really. <laughs> if it's yeah, all executives. Stoke, stoke the fear. Yeah. But so you—that's the crazy shit. That's uh, account-based marketing. That's integrated marketing, because uh, it's jumping over different platforms and uh, and it's tracking so well. It's scary because your phone—that's a low jack. This thing goes. 
you basically go to work and you go home. Yeah. So we can kind of figure out by deductive logic on IPs. Which is the home. Yeah, and which is work. And you can figure it's fucking creepy. Because these phones, you can't customize the way you want all the time. You can have a lot of security on it, but what are you going to do? Walk around with a uh, VPN all the time. You won't get, it'll be hard to like do anything. So anyway. I have a quick question. We're not a rant. I have a quick question. So stories, right? You, how do you decide on your stories? And would there ever come a time because you, as you start to move away from paper, would there ever come a time where you simply, you know, have your writers vet your stories and maybe even have contributors um, that are like, this is a creative loafing contributor, not a writer, so you're not exclusive, you're a contributor, which means that you can supply a story and if we like it, we'll post it. Um, so it's kind of like, an ex- you know, they're giving like exclusives or anything like that. Is there anything of that kind of um, organic nature? Yeah, crowdsourcing type nature that, that could still offer, you know, kind of an end, but still, but still allow your writers to, you know, obviously have the exclusive and then, you know, like, I'm, tr- I'm just kind of curious about that. I know we're running out of time, but I was just kind of curious as to how do you pick the story and then how do you decide what content you want to actually go forward with? Um, most of the, the content that we post online on a day-to-day basis just sort of comes across our transom through Twitter, RSS feeds, um, what the other papers in town, the, the stories they're working on. Um, and then there's stuff that we always have in a hopper that's that's sort of um, dictated by time, time of year it is. Uh, you know, the elections are coming up, so we're talking to all the local politicians. And that stuff that can can go out, you know, we can work on that over the course of a week or something. It doesn't have to be that day. But we're, we're doing a lot more stuff that's just quick turnaround stuff for the web while we're working on uh, longer form pieces for the paper. Um, and as far as contributors go, uh, I don't s- I don't see creative loafing ever like going to like the patch model where there's a, a lot of of um, people contributing because we're I mean at the end of the day we're a newspaper and we're responsible for for what gets printed or what get what gets posted and uh, it has to go through through one of our editors or through me um, we have section editors instead of uh, writers on staff who also write but they're also editors in charge of their own channels music food. A and E, and and we don't have a news editor anymore. We lost her. Um, sorry, Kate. Hope you're doing well. We miss you. Shout out to Kate. Um, but it's. I mean, we we work with contributors that we trust, and and like we'll give them the keys to our CMS, but they can't they can't publish anything unless one of us has has looked at it and vetted it. Um, and it's a it's part of a time consuming process, but at the end of the day, we want to put out quality news. And so we have to maintain some sort of, uh, not like a, like a snobby thing, but just, there has to be a, a protocol. You need quality uh, control. Yeah. 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 And that, that's good. It's, it's actually refreshing to hear someone in your industry kind of talk about that. Cause it's not really talked about at all. Uh, uh, from from someone there, right? From yeah. someone inside. Well, it's it's funny because you live in the you live in this bubble and you think there's that everybody knows how your right. sausage gets made, and a lot of people really don't. You know, they just they just read the sausage. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> just read the sausage. Just reading sausage. <laughs> the new all creative day. loafing uh, tagline. Vanny sausage. So we, uh, I've got a hard out in about two minutes, but the one thing I did want to bring up: uh, a, we're very fortunate to have. Uh, you running the show over at Creative Loafing and Tampa Bay Times is two very good. Uh, tr- I would trust both of them. I trust your your kind of 
what you just went over quality control wise, y'all's voices, um, in 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 an era which is misinformation, disinformation, Mm -hmm. and then the other thing I had is my thing with y'all going forward. I think interactive kind of blogs, interactive kind of uh, articles. Um, we don't have enough time for it, but I think on the web-based side, the engagement level will change according to, you're going to have to kind of code articles a little bit. It's going to yeah, have I to agree. have video. Yeah. It's going to have to have some kind of engagement graph. Uh, you, you see it with USA Today on a broad spectrum. They do a very good job of, uh, you know, infographic kind was of it the colors. New, was, it the, was it the Times or the, or the Post that did the one about Florida hurricane season? They did like a whole separate site. And it was gorgeous. I mean, right. it was all animated graphics and uh, in like like live animated infographics that popped in and out. It was beautiful. It must, I mean, hopefully you'll get to a point where you can do that in a couple of days instead of four months. You well, know? I mean, we could do it. <sighs> yeah. But yeah, but that display advertising model, that system that everybody's used to of seeing their newspaper when it went to web, where it's just overloaded and it lags and all this shit, it's going to go out the door. I agree. Uh, and display like that's kind of dying a little bit. And I see that trend going down. Whereas I'll see, you'll see more co-branded stuff. Hey, this section, this part of the hurricane's brought to you by a Home Depot. Yeah, yeah. Come get your plywood. Yeah, we're already, we're already experimenting with uh, content marketing, and I mean that's not my side of things. There's still a firewall up between you know ads and, and yeah. But uh, we, we're we're experimenting with uh, you know branded pieces that are very obviously marked as branded or sponsored. Yeah, or that's good. So For all it's heavy. not a trick. That's nice. Yeah. For all my nerds out there, when are we going to get the Harry Potter version of Creative Loafing where the pictures move? Right in the oh, paper. I would love that. That right? would be amazing. I, I, gotta, think, I had I to put that in there for my nerds out there because I, I know I think, we want it. I think the only thing that we can get to still is like the baseball card where th- there's two yeah, poses. Hologram. <laughs> when you're looking at it. But someday soon, I'm sure. Yeah, dope. <laughs> yeah. The, the hologram, the tops, uh, yeah. Fleer, whatever it is. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. Thank Damian, you for having you were me. thinking Marvel Comics cards, weren't you? I was. Yeah. I was Marvel Comics with Harry Potter. I had them all too, dude. I was, like, I was like, what the hell is that card you're talking about? Thanks for keeping it girthy, <laughs> y'all. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Vimeo, LinkedIn, Facebook. SweatEquityPod.com. We on all that. Hit us up, comment. We'll probably bring it up on the show.